into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she... Everyone has a COVID. Welcome to New York, COVID city. I have a nice slice of disease for you. Only one dollar. Hello, everyone. Listen to the germs in my throat. I am broadcasting live from New York City. This is Jake Flores and Alex Patak is here. Welcome, ladies and germs. Ooh, nicely done. Anders Lee is here. Anders Lee here, COVID free here, hopefully, dear. Ooh, that rhyme. New shit. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, joining us is friend of the show, Rory Blank. What's up? Welcome to the show. Hello. I, I, I don't have anything. Just hello. Do you have COVID? Uh, I don't think so. Do you think try. you're going to get I it? Can... Um, I mean, I'm going to Dallas next week for Christmas, so probably. Is it big in Dallas? What's up? Is it bad? Is there a lot of COVID in Dallas as opposed to Austin? Austin, I, I think it's like bad statewide. I mean, we're not really we. I don't know what it's like in New York at all, but we we have pretty much given up on doing anything. There was a long period where like everyone was wearing masks, everyone was staying far apart. Nobody cares anymore. It's COVID essentially doesn't exist here i mean it simultaneously does and it doesn't like on the one hand yes there is a virus that's killing uh thousands of people but on the other hand nobody cares it's done okay it's over um, so it exists and then it to... can kill you but it doesn't exist in that we're going to the bar yeah yeah yeah, yeah they, uh, i'm wondering if I've... in dallas they because i know people are pretty resistant to getting vaccines uh maybe less so in a place in dallas specifically but maybe they'll have a way of doing it where you get to if you you are told you're going on a history tour and you're in a motorcade and you're standing and waving in a car and then a needle just comes out of nowhere at least one needle maybe more than one needle and sticks you and then you get the vax without wanting to and you don't know who did it right Um, Woke Dan I mean, is like pretty sh- is the reason that the president <laughs> vaccinated. Yeah, that's the way you got to vaccinate people in Dallas. I mean, I'm pretty sure that is how I'm going to get COVID. I'm go. I I've been trying every single fucking time I've gone to Dallas for the holidays with my girlfriend. I have tried to go to the book depository. God damn it! I'm going to go this time, and I'm I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to get COVID from licking one of the pennies from the squished penny machine there, <laughs> which they have. Uh, you really? can get like a squash penny with like JFK's face on it. Right. It's a before and after of his head. Yeah, squashed. <laughs> <Watched. laughs> There's a giant cube. <laughs> Probably I, you couldn't get COVID. Don't, actually, this is hella. I get sued for saying this, but as a joke. You probably couldn't get COVID from looking at a penny because brass or bronze or whatever the fuck, all those metals they make doorknobs out of, they're specifically, there we go. they disinfect themselves. Put now we're on our Alex Jones shit. Right, it's, you go. don't get it from surfaces, right? You can't get That's it from not, a penny. 
Put as many pennies in your mouth as you want. Bobby, you probably could. Is all I'm it's saying. One of the safest ways to travel. I don't think it's like safe necessarily, but I want to say it's neutral. Lick if a you, penny, you'll probably be fine. If you swallow a penny, the penny cleans the stomach. Speaking <laughs> speaking of pennies, just I, I know this might be a little bit early before you want to get into the subject, but just it that reminded me a thing that I clipped out from reading Ben Garrison's book. Uh, there's a, a paragraph oh. about pennies in there. Of course, there is. Draws uh, <laughs> coins all the time with various well, faces on them. It says specifically, it costs more to produce than, than it's worth, and all that tiny, all the, the tiny zinc du- discs do is annoy people. It never goes away. The government wants it there to annoy us. Ben Garrison is convinced that pennies exist wholly just to bother people. Well, well that's he's one correct thing about, right that, about that's yeah. unfortunately <laughs> a weird place to start because this is probably going to lean anti Ben Garrison, but you know, uh, wrong clocks right twice a day or whatever. We should take um, a census of the room and see who's anti or pro Ben Garrison before and after. Okay, okay. I'm so far, I'm pro him on the Kenny Penny question, which uh puts him at odds with K Fed, K Federline, Kevin Federline. Uh, his rival in many he's ways pro. he's pro penny because so here in dc there's a penny lobby that's very distressed that the penny will be eliminated because garrison is right about this it is an unnecessary coin it costs more than a penny to make a penny complete waste uh and no one likes them um but they're scared because they they produce copper, and they, they're the ones who make the pennies. So they hired KFED a number of years ago to be a spokesperson for pennies. Um, and Ben Garrison is taking a stand against that. I appreciate that. And also, I have to say, I believe I'm in 100% agreement with him when it comes to Julian Assange. But yeah, so I, I can okay. only assume those are the only two things I know about him. He must be right about everything else. Anders, well, pro Ben Garrison. Up next, Rory Blank. Um. Sort of, sort of pro. I, I just there's something I find really charming about him. I mean, his beliefs are terrible. Um, his comics are not really enjoyable at all. But I, he's got moxie. Yeah, you do have to kind of admire the guy, just because he seems like he doesn't realize what he's doing. It seems like he just has a nice hobby. Yeah, you do. Unfortunately, gotta hand it to him. Alex Patak, what is your opinion on? Um, well, it can be divisive, but um, I have to support Ben as he is one of the few cartoonists left supporting America's president, 45, Donald J. Trump. Get on the train. We're taking back America. We're making it great. <laughs> Put a penny on the track of before the Trump train comes and it'll smoosh the penny <laughs> into gold. Penny hack. I uh, personally I, I, find Mr. Garrison penny dreadful. So we'll start. <laughs> I, I really want to ask, though, real quick, what did they think that they were getting specifically out of having KFED endorse the penny? Like, <laughs> what what does KFED bring to the penny? It was the I think it was probably the only person they could find. <laughs> well, you, you get KFED and then it leads to Brittany. And then you have Brittany on the penny this side. Was That's after their, this was after their uh, split. Right, I but believe. she's like looking at his Instagram and stuff. She's seeing his penny posts. I mean, at that point, that's uh, all she was getting from her conservatorship was literal pennies. So, right, like, so you know, she wants your an impression to do of him doing pro penny ship. I don't remember really anything about him 
in my uh, head, I'm thinking he's J Rock from Trailer Park Boys. That yeah, would be yeah, fine. pretty much. <laughs> As a that, that is that's pretty much it. He had a, a song called Pope is Out, I believe, which was about butts. And you can't really like morph that into the word penny. It doesn't really work. So, like, I have nothing. Bo- yeah. Pope is out. Pope is out. Pen is out. Okay. Is that the sound a butt I, makes I or the sound a... you make looking at a butt? I think it's like a Portuguese word. Ah. Not Mr. <laughs> Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> Popo's out. Look at okay, that. Okay, so the him and Kami, and they're just like, they're off to the side, just eyeing some woman's hot ass. <laughs> yes. Kami can see your ass from thousands of miles away. He's Earth's guardian. And Mr. Popo I, is his secret boyfriend, but we can't talk about that right now. Other okay, part. so I looked up um, a an article from 2006 about his uh, penny endorsement, and <laughs> apparently there's a rally in Times Square in July 2006 where uh, K-Fed rolls up in a red pickup truck wearing an Abraham Lincoln mask. <laughs> <laughs> Driving the swarm of paparazzi around the truck into a frenzy. Man, I feel good about the penny. <laughs> Declared Federline, who was Natalie dressed. That's their ABC News's words. Natalie Ooh. dressed Ooh. in a black suit, white dress shirt, aviator sunglasses, and sporting his trademark stubble. Trademark um, stubble. So funny. Is he, he doesn't care? <laughs> this is he, just I how mean, much he, of a goon for hire he is. How many of y'all yeah, like the penny? <laughs> <laughs> this is how, like, um, what's his face? Dennis Rodman became, like, really into the DPRK. It just anybody that's nice to you, if you're that type of guy, <laughs> yeah. you'll just show up on behalf of. Oh, do you mean by reading, Jake? By looking into history? I apologize, Rodman, <laughs> supreme leader of basketball. So apparently a bunch of people were in on this. Virgin Mobile was in on this, and they introduced – because this is when you had to pay per text. Mm-hmm. So they introduced its one its new one-cent text messaging offer, uh, and, they, and the people ask, how did Federline get involved in saving the penny? And they say he likes to text message, said a Virgin representative. Facts. Uh, oh, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Federline made a show of text messaging from the stage as a Virgin executive talked about the Save the Penny campaign and asked who he was sending a message to. Federline replied, my wife. Okay. Oh, the penny he, lobby is evil and it must be destroyed. I need no more convincing. He was texting at a picture of his wife's butt, Popo Zhao. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know if they were. I don't. I think they were split up at that point, though. Kevin Federline. When did he break up with Brittany? It was really Sorry, fast. It was probably over the the penny thing. <laughs> oh no! You know what? They were together during the penny thing. Yeah, I don't and know. This they is, were officially this goes married. Back to my theory. I mean, you only get Kevin Federline because you're hoping. You know, like. Then at the Brittany table, what are we talking about for dinner? The goddamn penny and bringing it back. That picture of him with the Lincoln mask is insane. That's like a hallow. That's like not even a spirit Halloween Lincoln mask. That's like the like the shitty Halloween mask you get from the drugstore for your stupid child that doesn't understand Halloween yet. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. This is the height of his popularity because he hadn't even been 
been dumped by Britain yet. So he was leveraging it into endorsements and the only people. Right, when he thinks back on like his golden days, it's him in the Abraham Lincoln mask showing mm-hmm. up. Everybody's going crazy. He's throwing pennies at the crowd. And this is why she dumped him, right? His obsession. Maybe, maybe she's a nickel gal. Who wants to make a wish? Throws pennies. <laughs> yeah. She's... Well, Go ahead. Oh, no, hold on. All right. I'll, let me segue my guest, my concept. I want to, <laughs> before we get entirely fucking derailed, I do want to mention <laughs> that the reason I asked Rory to come out of the show is because I don't think he's ever been on the show, but you might enjoy his art and not even know it. Rory's done a lot of cool shit for us, illustration wise, like our logo. The last two logos, the one with the rats, the one with the skull, uh, a lot of show posters and stuff I have. So please, if you like art and cartoons and shit like that and cool T-shirts, check out Rory's stuff uh, at Bone Jail on Twitter. Uh, I've known Rory for a long time. He's a cartoonist. Um, and that's why that's the angle here, I think, that is important to point out as we talk about Ben Garrison, because this this is sort of a continuation of a conversation that me and Rory had uh, at Fest. We were both there. Somehow we started talking about Ben Garrison, and I I didn't know a lot of shit about Ben Garrison's past, because I think if you're like me, we all exist just under the reign of terror that Ben Garrison puts out all day, every day as like people that his cartoons are directed at. But, like, I never thought about this, what it must be like to also be a cartoonist and, like, probably know stuff about him from message boards and shit or, like, inside. You know, like, when we talk about comics, we're like, no, that guy's a complete asshole or he's really cool in real life or whatever. Um, so th- th- that's the angle here. That's the the um, the, the, the the trajectory from which we're going to dive into the mind of Ben Garrison today. It. Rory, did you leave the house? <laughs> yes. I was kind of going along because I could see in the Zoom window that you're like outside and walking around. She's going in yeah, a garage I, I, I now. Just... Sorry about that. Uh, I just walked out of my house and went into my garage. Oh, I see. I think we're going to the store or something. Okay. Yeah. Marin style. I mean, I can do that if you want. One time I had a guest on the phone and she went to a restaurant in the middle of a podcast. Oh, tight. That rules. What, what did she order? I don't know. We found out she was at a restaurant. And we're like, hang up. You can't do this at a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like shit. Podcast is not that important. You don't have to do this. <laughs> it's a good episode, though. People really liked it. Not going to say who it was because she was very nice, but she did go to a restaurant. Um, uh, I just went well, to you know who my was garage. At a- because uh, my girlfriend's entire family is about to come over uh, to look at her lizard. To look okay. at her you know lizard. who was at a restaurant recently and caught COVID there? Ben Garrison. Is that true? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he did. He got he got COVID. He said he was trying to treat it with beet juice. <laughs> beet juice is very good for you. It's a great place to start. Did he get it at a restaurant? Is that part of the story? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's basic because he so he lives in Montana, and so basic you know obviously a wide area of land. But yeah, uh, how the fuck did he get COVID up there? Because you a like, restaurant see other people. I guess that's the only place you would go to see other people. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he lives in the middle of nowhere. 
bright. I have been looking at his YouTube page out of vague curiosity since we started talking about doing a podcast about him. And um, it's weird because he is famous. On, he has like a lot of followers on like Twitter and stuff because that's a medium where he can post his cartoons. But he has this YouTube page that's like, you know, got the official check mark and everything, but nobody watches it. It's like, how the fuck are you going to put out cartoons on it? So uh, it's him just standing around in like the snow in Montana and doing little promotional videos. And like there's one of his wife, like why, like filming him as he rollerblades. And she's like, there he goes. He's roller. Oh, my God, he's going to fall down. And it's like <laughs> 900 views. Like no one <laughs> seeing this. I'm watching one right now. That's just a video of a woodpecker. You saw <laughs> and then it cuts to a horse. And that's the whole video. There's no commentary from Ben Garrison. It's just he saw a woodpecker. It's well, you know, weird, in, his, right? in his mind, he the woodpecker is labeled like deficit spending. And then the horse <laughs> is like st- sensible voters. The horse is a donkey and he's got big teeth because he's a Biden Democrat. And the woodpecker is like Trump. And it's not doing anything about the woodpecker. Yeah. And it has a and blue mane, be. and both of its ears are pierced, and it has plastic <laughs> glasses on. Oh, yeah, it's a hipster. Woke culture yeah. is the tree. supposed to be like a beatnik this whole time, Woody Woodpecker? Um, <laughs> yes. Now, yep. Ben is a very interesting character. Um has he gotten COVID before? Because uh, if you're unfamiliar with his work, one of his main things is the vaccine usually is in the form of a needle in his cartoons, but being shot as a missile a lot of the times or anti-vaccine sentiment. It runs rampant throughout his work. So you'd think he would have gotten on it already is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, he got it like two months ago, right? Yeah. So presumably he's in the clear now, but oh, oh no, it said it was severe. I'm just trying to figure out what beet juice is supposed to do. My question is, how old is he? Is the first thing I got to know about this guy. Mid 60s. Right. Prime crazy age for the safest age to get it. That's the thing. And it's fun because my mom is now uh, 70 and she loves to say, oh, you young people, you're not taking COVID seriously. Like, guess what? Uh, You people have ruined this world and now you are denying <laughs> that COVID is real not you there personally is, uh, but their no generation for the world yeah. <laughs> right uh, remember the early days of, of the COVID pandemic when people thought it was only going to kill old people uh-huh. that, that was, was so sick I, I that. loved COVID back then Take me back. Yeah. remember <laughs> like calling it the boomer remover yeah <laughs> <laughs> I randomly remembered that phrase and it was so funny it just made me chuckle to myself. Boomer remover. What a good one. It's going to kill old people. Well, it is still by and large true. It just may also kill you and other young people, you know, or just your parents or. Well, I have uh, I can't tell if I have it or if I'm just suffering from the booster. But like everyone in New York has it right now. So I we're not what I'm getting as I'm not laughing anymore because I am. It's on some level. It's affecting my life. And I've been taken completely by surprise and not. A cocky young, okay, bur- uh, boomer person anymore. I, I think th- Omicron is here to stay. So ev- ev- everyone, everyone in New York has COVID now. 
Everybody. Like the other day, like it, like in one day, everyone got it Everybody. at the same time. I think that happened Every- in England too. I was talking to one of the trash future people, and like the, one of them couldn't do the podcast we were doing because they were like, everyone in London or whatever the fuck has it. So everyone wow. just got in a big pile and was breathing into each other's mouths, and then this happened. Well, SantaCon happened. Oh, so oh like, shit! It's like SantaCon happened, and then a bunch of fucking New Yorkers came back from Art Bazel. Is like another thing that people are saying, like you are the reason that it happened or whatever. Nobody can really pinpoint it, but I mean, like New York has been partying. Like I've been worried. Right, to be clear, those yep. two things are, uh, in case people are unfamiliar, equal and opposites. SantaCon uh, is. Mostly like bros and broettes in Santa costumes, getting drunk in the village, just all over Manhattan. Uh, and our Basil is uh, douchebags with mustaches looking at uh, stupid paintings in Miami. And huh. uh, a bunch of people from New York go to that. So they melt it together. Total it's- side tack. But uh, I learned that recently. Did you know that Santa Con started off as like a situationist? Like uh like ad bustery type of thing. It was like an anti-capitalist um flash mob started by this yeah. cacophony society. Oh my god, really? I know how far it's fallen. <laughs> like it's it's like <laughs> cops now and shit. Are Not you still going actual. to the mall if I'm drunk as Santa? <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think. <laughs> What's in my bag? A dash of god. truth. I mean that's that whole- still annoying, but different kind. That whole era where that was like the big thing to do, uh, flash mobs and like situational or situationist stuff. Like, I remember that was really big around like 2008, 2000. I, I just, the thing that sticks out to me is like I was reading some guide online about like suggestions for stuff you can do to mess with the system when I was like a senior in high school. And uh, one of the suggestions was go to go to Walmart and fill up a shopping cart and then leave it. <laughs> oh no they don't have someone whose job is specifically to deal with this you're, you're not just gonna be fucking with somebody who's like making sub minimum wage and not being given health insurance by walmart you're definitely going to be fighting the whatever the walmart family the walmarts jacob walmart counting gold in his tub you know the funniest part about that is not even that annoying because if you're working at walmart that's just like yeah, okay, I have something to do for 10 minutes. Yeah, it's probably kind of nice. <laughs> I know something where these are. Something that doesn't involve talking to people who are shopping at Walmart. Well, speaking of something to do, let's talk about... See, that's a pretty good segue, right? That's really um, good, Jake. <laughs> so let's talk about Ben Garrison's origins, because I didn't really ever think about where this person came from. He's just kind yeah. of... Yeah. But you were telling me he's... what? What is it? What's his deal? So, uh, actually, talking about like flash mobs and protests from the early or from like the late twenty or two thousands, I think is kind of as good of an entry point to talking about Ben Garrison as anything else. Because See what we did. So Ben Garrison, um, he worked as a newspaper illustrator in the seventies and eighties, like right out of college or out of high school. Started working for a small town newspaper in West Texas. Uh, finished college, moved to San Antonio, was an illustrator there for a while, moved into doing uh, infographics for a bit in the 90s, and then retired. And then around the 2008 financial collapse, uh, he decided to come out of retirement uh, as a cartoonist and get back into it, 
to let everybody know about the evils of the Federal Reserve. So around the time that he was like first getting going as a cartoonist, like making the work that people like associate with him was, you know, the period after the the big crash in 2008, which was when, you know, like a, a lot, that was what was on the tip of everybody's tongue at the time. Like everybody was thinking constantly about like how fucked the American economy was. This was like the things that was leading into Occupy Wall Street, which also like had a big current of like right wing libertarians suddenly coming in and saying like, this is because of the federal reserve. This is because we don't have the gold standard. Right. And Ben Garrison was on that, on that tip. Kind of tragic in a way because the fed is evil, right? Like, uh, and you look back then, uh, William Grider had been writing about the fed for a long time. It was, uh, you know, progressive. Uh, Kevin Federline, is that who the Fed is? <laughs> <laughs> to end the Fed. Yeah. It all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to introduce the bronze standard, which is yeah. <laughs> all of the yeah, all of the cash had to be backed up by pennies. Uh, just like <laughs> the, trilli- the thirty, he's a professional dancer. <laughs> our entire thirty trillion dollar economy. A lot of people don't know this because of Kevin Federline is all pennies. It's all stored <laughs> under Montana, actually. It's just a sea of pennies with a bunch of Scrooge McDucks swimming in it. Uh, no, there is the Abraham Lincoln Memorial's balls is where all the yeah. <laughs> that's all the yeah the nation's currency is there. You can um, learn a lot from this podcast, right? <laughs> but it is tragic in a way because like and and people forget this, but uh, Ron Paul. Teamed yeah. up with Bernie Sanders to audit the Fed in, I believe, 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And they found about all these trillions of dollars of zero interest loans that they just gave to McDonald's and all these just big corporations just to stabilize the economy easily could have gone to homeowners, public housing, infrastructure, all that shit. And that's, you know, the, the Fed is only evil because of capitalism, right? It's it's symptomatic, mm-hmm. but to a lot of people, because that that was the biggest like culprit, really, just doing um, just openly corrupt shit. It that became the problem. The the systemic issue is the Fed itself and central planning and central banking, and not the wider capitalist system. And that that's what, I guess, getting directly to like a point that involves Ben Garrison and the the larger movement of. Uh, libertarian conservatism that was happening at the time because of ron paul that's kind of essentially why i've always had really really hated right-wing libertarians is that like a lot of them are people who are like very well-intentioned and recognize like real problems like there's a lot of stuff in ben garrison's book about like how awful the police are and like how how or about the prison industrial complex but his solutions to them are just gold gold and privatize everything is Last- he from like 1875 <laughs> these are very strange views to feel so passionately about in 2021 well, it's oh. funny because that's literally where that's where uh ron paul's platform and program would bring us is to 1875 like before the uh, progressive era and the new deal mm-hmm. and stuff which they just are in complete denial about they're like yeah the country was fine we must old people did fine god yeah to the dust uh, bowl. like old people <laughs> were starving to death before <laughs> social security and stuff and they just want to 
they're just in complete denial about what the world was like. Not that it's great now, obviously, but that goddamn like, liberal Teddy Roosevelt got in there and messed everything yeah. up for everybody. I, I want to be the stuff that the Wizard of Oz is a metaphor for. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I want to be. I just think like a, a great way to typify it is last summer during uh, the protests that were happening. I was talking to a relative of mine who is a libertarian. Uh, and he was, I was talking to him about police brutality and we were like completely on the same page about a lot of stuff. And then he got to the solutions bracket, which was, we need to privatize the police and have competing private police forces because then police will be accountable to their customers, which are presumably the American people, (laughs) not uh like three or four private corporations. That comes to the uh, favorite thing that you can yell at police. You work for us, which they love to hear. And if there were two competing ones, they would like to hear even more. Yeah, they would stop and they would start being nice to us to try to yeah. get our dollar. And and never mind also that there's also massive historical precedent for uh, private. Yeah. West Side Story. Ever heard of it? <laughs> You know that's when you're playing Red about. Dead Redemption and a Pinkerton shows up? It's always a good time, right? <laughs> Usually they help with what you're doing. Are there Didn't Pinkertons Pinkerton shoot somebody like last year? Himself, yeah, they're, right? They're Wasn't that around. it? And we yeah. got, or he like tased himself to death or something? I remember this because it was like, don't laugh at him. He died, even if it was in a very hilarious situation and was the worst possible person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I can't remember. Um so but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so out of this whole like post uh post financial crash libertarian Paul and the Fed sort of And it's funny because uh the video of Chris Cantwell's stand up really reminds me of early Ben Garrison too, because mm-hmm. he's talking about shit that I was certainly talking about as a you know, someone in my late teens, early twenties at that point, uh like drones and bailouts and stuff, but there is a creeping sort of reactionary tendency there. And when did that get more accelerated, do you think, and, and sort of morph into nationalism? That's something I've been trying to figure out, uh, especially over the last couple of days. And I'm just double checking something right now. I want to make sure I'm remembering correctly what was Ben Garrison's first comic. If it wasn't his first one, it was one of his first ones. Okay, the first one he drew when he came back was uh the big bat or the the big bad wolf from the the three little pigs story blowing down the federal reserve which has three evil pigs inside of it so here we get both uh recurring motif from his comics of you know wanting to audit the fed and also kind of seemingly misremembering an item that is essential to the metaphor that he's trying to build. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's kind of cool to spin it that way and go, the wolf is the hero and the pigs are right. fucking pigs, man. But that isn't how... You're not, that's how the original story goes well, at the, all. The thing about the pigs right. is they don't have permits for any of those houses. So when the wolf is going to knock them down, that's just private property being enforced. That's right. The wolf is not like a government like regulator. He's just a cool sovereign citizen who doesn't like what's going on with this new neighbor. He has 
it's not quite as egregious as the the one that he did a few years ago where it was Donald Trump is Don Quixote or is drawing him like tilting at windmills but the idea was that's a cool and good thing to do yeah and that's because he's so strong yeah this does get back to one of the main uh i think i think this crystallizes ben's work in in one small example is every time he draws donald trump donald trump is like a big strong man he gets buffer every time which makes you wonder like does he have some kind of like visual uh, a disability where he sees Donald Trump and like sees a big strong man or is thinking like if I draw him as a big strong man maybe he will become one by uh, manifestation well or- it's kind of like Trump himself because you remember in 2015 when he was campaigning against Rubio he gave some speeches like oh, people are always talking about how good looking he is I think I'm better looking than he is. And <laughs> you couldn't really tell if he actually believed that. You know, like there's on some level he has eyes. I don't know how well they work. I I guess maybe he did look better than him in like nineteen sixty. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's a, a level of delusion there that I think his supporters slip into as well, where he they actually think like yeah, this is cool that he looks that way. And mm. yeah, he's the look oh. of the summer is being wearing a suit and sort of hunching over and having your <laughs> underwear show through it around your huge ass. <laughs> he's he did have man. a huge ass when huge asses were like the most in they've ever been. So That's that true. was yeah. maybe trickling down hey, from his hey, <laughs> giant ass. <laughs> Um, well, maybe is he maybe um, drawing him muscular because he has like a background in like superhero type drawing shit, mm. or is it purely from his psychosexual Freudian hangups? I have to assume it's the latter because I, I've seen uh, his earlier works. A, a recurring theme throughout the book also is that really ultimately this guy uh, is a thwarted painter, like. Kind of, kind of in the same way that you know Chris Cantwell wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Uh, Historically, yeah. uh, de- deranged failed artists are yeah. good people. Um, Stefan Molyneux was or has a degree in theater and pursued oh, theater until he was twenty-five. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos uh, wrote two books of poetry before he started. No, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have to get one of those. That absolutely <laughs> tracks for me. What I've really been trying to find is there's there were a few references in articles a few years ago uh, about Richard Spencer to the fact that allegedly early in his, early in his life when he was in college he was quote involved in avant garde theater. Okay, I uh, there is some world where where Richard Spencer just wanted to make plays. He's wanted to wear a black leotard and shit. Yeah, and right, and, and do interpretive dance in front of a plinth or something and he had one of those like rejection letters from like RISD or some prominent art school that was like oh we're sorry Richard we can't accept you but then it like took a left turn and it was like just due to race mixing <laughs> there's no room I don't know what happened to this country I mean like that is so many of these people's origin story and Glenn Beck Maybe just fun. Oh, yeah. So then these people will just hang out, you know, instead of 
devoting their entire life to revenge supervillain style against affirmative action and shit like that. Well, There's well, a crazy yeah. comedian who used to do he used to do like leprechaun shit like that was what? his stick. Yeah, there's this guy who used what? to be like uh, he was a comic in New York and he kind of went viral because he was like Irish or whatever. And he, so he did this viral video where uh, he did Showtime on like the subway. OK, on a boombox was like, it's Showtime. And then he did Riverdance. Right. That's pretty funny. Oh, so uh, that's something. And he was always just this goofy, like, you know, clean comic. And he like did a whole why I left the left. I'm announcing I'm alt right thing like a few months ago oh, because no. he apparently got, got really far up the process of getting on a TV show. And then eventually they were like, we don't want any white guys. So he's now he's fucking he's a Batman <laughs> villain and he's like wokeness is bad or whatever. And he's like literally like on the <laughs> it's a Jim Brewer, Chrissy Mayer and him are like the three vanguard of the anti-vax comedy people now where they're like announcing like I will not perform at any venue that vaccinates their janitors or whatever like it's crazy 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 he yeah, uses I, his river dance for racism now to yeah, spread, I, <laughs> spread it's evil so, it's so I funny mean, with like him and people like him and Jim Brewer you're like you like you're like why are you evil now the bird impression from is half just, baked yeah goat boy <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, yeah, no, I mean, this is obviously like a myopic, like way broad stroke. And this isn't the entire solution, but just fund the arts, man, because yeah. so many of these people have the exact same fucking origin story. I, I immediately thought that you were going to say you got canceled for doing hate crimes against the Irish by <laughs> furthering the awful stereotypes of leprechauns. Right. And that's something we don't talk about enough because the culture out there is really getting out of control. And it's one thing when we do it to Italians. I mean, they're barely yeah. human, but to go <laughs> against the Irish. That's something that garrisons, I think, cartoons could ben benefit from is a little bit of uh, Irish stereotyping around the current president. I want oh, me gold. Yeah. He's a leprechaun. He loves gold. It's because no one believes he's Irish because he's clearly a German man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything about him. So, um, so what the beginning at the, at the very least, like draw him next to or hugging or kissing Jerry Adams just right. one time. That would be that would be sick. I really want to see it. Sidebar, but there's a great video out there from uh, like AP or something in the 90s where Jerry Adams is giving a speech in New York City, and he says, um, I'm lucky that I have my Trump card, and Trump is there and stands yes! up and, like, waves. <laughs> he, supported, he supported the IRA, apparently. That's a, yeah, right. the, the IRA in America is, like, not as, like, it's never itemized as, like, a conservative stick or whatever, because due to the nature of what factional disputes are, like, lots of Republicans up the raw... <laughs> Yeah, and so Trump, like you don't uh, want to set them up. You thought they were Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Republican. I'm a Republican. We love it. Uh, We've got all the uh, lights. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the book. Did we talk about the book yet? Oh man. Um. So yeah, I, I just remembered something from his his past that I, I think I saw this last night in the book, and it really clarified a lot of stuff. And I just need you to look at this picture. Because I, I ran around my living room yelling for like a minute after I saw this. So Open this picture. 
read the text. Is his is book like is it a book or is it like a comic? Oh whoa, this is this is very dense. This looks like Roz Chast. Fuck read, the, <laughs> read the caption. Be- this is Bean Boopers, in quotes, were cartoon <laughs> characters I drew during my childhood. Bean Boopers. Bean Boopers. Bean, bean boopers. boopers. Now, I would oh, not have... several panels of a little ball guy, little Pac-Man type figure. It's a bean. They're Bean Boopers. Oh, right. Okay, so there's a bean. Can you not read? These are Bean Boopers. I guess I need a special sort of type of literacy to... to... <laughs> To understand the early garrison, these are these are actually pretty good for a kid. Yeah, Let me ask I, you a question, Rory, because I this is kind of I love these. What's I love being boopers? They're kind of great. As like an illustrator, he's got some skills, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he absolutely does. I mean, one thing that I think it is kind of indisputable about Garrison is he does have some ability as an illustrator. Uh, he has very confusing ideas about what should should or shouldn't be in an illustration. He constantly overloads images with too much stuff, too many different little details that don't really amount to anything. Confused symbolism, uh, over labeling, which is I think the thing that most people associate with him the most. But he he is definitely somebody who can draw. I mean, on a technical level, he's better at drawing than I am. His cartoons I, I think, bring me delight every week, which I yeah, do think is weird because we are not his target audience. And yet I feel like the like irony left online likes his shit more than the right does, as far as I can tell. Well, well it's like boomers that like him, though, not the young right. Right. So this leads us into uh, another interesting topic of discussion with Mr. BG, and that is... Uh, I think this may have been around 10 years ago when we're talking about the Ron Paul Fed stuff. But, um, of course, I'm sure many listeners of the show are familiar with people from our political milieu doing edits to Mr. Garrison's cartoons where we pluck out the stuff that makes us look cool, leftists look cool. Um, but there were Nazis making edits, and I believe still make they still do this, to his cartoons to make them more reactionary and yeah. – so what yeah. happened here? Yeah, yeah okay. Alt right, right. So that that was the the big thing that I, I wanted to bring up, which is, uh, so the the first image that I really remember seeing of his, which I think is important to mention the context of this being around when like, uh, the Federal Reserve was or like everything was in crisis in the economy. Uh, Occupy was happening. Ben Garrison drew a picture based off of something he heard on Infowars that was a. Uh, pyramid head walking uh, through or walking in the clouds and underneath the clouds, there were two legs kicking people. And one said Democrats and the other one said Republicans and said left, right, left, right. And the guy getting kicked by the, the Democrat leg is yelling, ow, next time I'll vote Republican. And the one being kicked by the Republican leg is yelling, ow, next time I'll vote Democrat. Genius. Eye opening. So like I, I used to see that like pasted on stuff. I, I saw I've seen people I saw people at protests like a decade ago holding signs with that image on it. 
And then somebody on 4chan decided to take that image and replace the uh, pyramid all-seeing eye thing because one thing that is incontrovertibly true about Ben Garrison is he does definitely believe in like the New World Order as laid out by people like Alex Jones, which debatably has, or uh, not not debatably, like pretty concretely has roots in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories like the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, even though people like uh, Jones we'll say he's not anti-semitic he's he his version of it is filtered through a bunch of stuff like a lot of it invariably has to be traced back to stuff like that that was explicitly anti-semitic so somebody took this picture that garrison drew of a walking see or all-seeing eye pyramid and replaced the image of the all-seeing eye with a drawing that is uh popularly known as the happy merchant if you've never seen that drawing uh anybody listening i mean you you almost certainly have seen that drawing but if you somehow haven't it's a very stereotypical looking drawing of a jewish man with a big hooked nose rubbing his fingers together excitedly you probably made the hand motion when you saw like the pot pie was coming out the oven yeah, he's a guy that, like, at the very least, looks very excited about uh, a big pot pie that he has coming to him. Yeah, it's a much more offensive version of that meme of that black guy in the woods. Uh, oh, get, right, uh, yeah. Do whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that guy. Um, that guy's cool. So, Happy Merchant, so, not, not a good cartoon. So that was a drawing <laughs> by a uh, semi-anonymous cartoonist named A. Wyatt Mann who was active in the 80s and 90s and is responsible for most of the, the hate art online in some capacity or another. Like Wait, the merchant thing? Yeah, that, that's really. A, a, I thought that was like from 100 years ago or so, but that's 80. OK, well. that's an A. Wyatt man drawing. A white man also. Um, it was very hard to make it in this business as a white man in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> that's why, yeah. He may or may not, and by may or may not be, I mean, almost certainly is uh, a cartoonist named uh, Nick Bogus or Bogus. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, who was a like underground alt cartoonist guy around the same time. Uh, but like if, if you look at like his mainstream stuff and the A. Wyatt Man stuff, it's pretty undeniable that like their artwork looks the same. But at the same time, it's never been confirmed that Bogus was a white man. So I, I don't think I can legally say definitively that it was. That was on purpose. His, his nom de plume is a, is a white man. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So people um, put the happy merchant into this Ben Garrison drawing. And that goes around on 4chan, places like that. It's funny. I remember at the time seeing it seeing that particular edit of it and my understanding of it at the time was just i mean yeah it sucks but like this was the internet in 2010 where everybody was super edgy all the time my understanding of it at that point in time the first time that i saw it was just that this was a concerted effort to fuck with a right-wing crank by trying to make his shit look worse Mm. yeah you thought it was potentially people who were on the left doing it to reveal I just, his I don't even think it was 
specifically political in one direction as much as that this was the period of time where like people kind of liked 4chan yeah i yeah like it was like was, hip and edgy if you knew it was, about it it was kind of cool it was right. hip and edgy people thought of or people like were saying the word hacktivism like it was a cool and exciting thing like this was around uh when they were harassing or protesting scientology i don't want to say harassing because i mean fuck the church of scientology they deserved it yeah in that case um but i mean like it, it when it comes to doing stuff like uh hacking their printers and making it print out reams and reams of solid black paper until they run out of toner <laughs> worth, worth it or not eh, it's harassment you'd say like before the alt-right stuff really coagulated and yeah. turned into what it is the chaotic troll stuff on the internet was like uh you know Every you might have considered it to be like neutral or like it was a big playing field and everybody was kind of like question mark where is this going to go this could be for good bad cool, right kind of cool Cause now, yeah because yeah. now we think of sort of that era with the anonymous masks and you know talking about the federal reserve and wikileaks rich which came on the scene around that time too mm. or got more notoriety uh we think of that as you know proto right-wing stuff and they all went into the alt-right but uh Around that time was Steubenville in Ohio, where a young woman was was raped, and uh, anonymous people and hacktivists got you know exposed that and made it an, an issue mm-hmm. and brought, helped bring people to to quote unquote justice, which is um, you know so it was didn't necessarily have to. I mean, I, I would say it's probably at this point mostly gone in a reactionary direction, but as you're saying, it was the playing field was a little wider. There were some people yeah. who considered themselves apolitical and, and some people just on the, on the bona fide left. Yeah. There, there, there was a point in time where like, it seemed like the, the point was just to be annoying. It uh-huh. wasn't really about politics. It was just people trying to like mess with people. But uh, that ended up being a great way for online far right people to find an in and start to massage the conversation towards not being ironically anti-semitic and pro-fascist but genuinely being anti-semitic and pro-fascist and the ben garrison edits continued and they continued and they continued and year after year uh more and it got to a point where according to him at least every single one of his comics was being edited to have anti-semitic or uh other kinds of racist images in them they started giving him nicknames like Zyklon Ben. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, that was good. Or let's see. No, th- there. I, I was looking at his Encyclopedia Dramatica page. If you remember that one. If you're not familiar, that was kind of the 4chan wiki. It was a, a uh, wiki that they maintained that just... Uh, had a catalog of all of their trolls and like everybody that they were harassing and anybody that they thought was a lol cow uh, has everybody like that has an article on Encyclopedia Dramatica, which if you haven't gone there, it's a pretty terrible website for the longest time. Anytime I would visit that website, uh, the first thing I would see was an animated GIF of a CGI Bowser fucking Princess Peach. Okay, oh, great. Uh, Which is, it depends on the consent. So we've got um, known aliases of Ben Garrison. These are things that they were calling him. Zyklon Ben Garrison. 
Ben, the one man clan garrison. Ben, the walking Holocaust garrison. Ooh. And these were Nazis? Ben, or the just, beast. Uh, these are his friends. <laughs> just trolls, right? Just at the beginning. The yeah. Okay. People just, the but, joke was, let's make this guy look like a Nazi. Okay. Yeah. But Ben got. This cartoonist is like the Holocaust, <laughs> they were saying. Uh, yeah. So Ben found out about this because people were starting to uh, genuinely associate him with this, with this, like he had a show at an art gallery that got canceled because people were complaining that this guy who was a, a neo-Nazi terrorist had his art on display at this art gallery. So Ben tried to form a uh, legal defense against it, which didn't really work. Is like he could not find a lawyer who was willing to take his case. So like there was a period of time where like he he was going into 4chan pretending to be other people and like trying to defend himself. <laughs> his, it's detailed somewhere in the book. There's apparently one day where like his wife went into poll and just tried to take over poll as like a 60 year old woman just tried to take over the politically incorrect channel of 4chan, which if you're not aware is where all the Nazis are. Wait, uh -huh. he put all this in his own book. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh no. If you want to know the worst thing that he put in his book at some point, let me see if I can find this because I definitely screenshotted this paragraph. You definitely, you kind of like distracted me with Ben Garrison art gallery, which um, I, Oh, we would pay a million dollars. Oh, we, we can talk about his art in a second. But just speaking of things that shouldn't be in the book. At some point, he's talking about cyber bullies and he says they hurl epithets such as racist slut. And then he lists all the slurs. They're calling him a <laughs> slut. <laughs> he wrote in, in his attempt to prove cares. that he's not a racist. He wrote out the N word uh, <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff which definitely could be uh, taken out of context and just quoted uh, the, the phrase gas, the uh, anti-Semitic slur race war now appears in his book three times in quotation marks <laughs> as an example of what not to say. Thanks. <laughs> just so he's clear. Yeah. Just so he's clear and that he does not support this stuff. He decided to put all of it in the book. <laughs> That's so and it's so weird because he said, I think this was on his blog. He's like, to be clear, I'm opposed to the international banking system, mm -hmm. not an OT in all caps, Jews, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which is, I guess, me too. But when you say the international banking system, it just sounds a little weird and like it seems like you're saying the exact phrase people use as that dog whistle in that cartoon you don't want to be associated with anymore. Right. Mm. And that's the th it's like it goes back to the libertarian thing. If it was a national banking system, would that be if it was just domestic banks? Would I can't that be tell better? if I, like, I, not like, by much. it sounds like from the story you're telling us from the book that he's I'm sure he doesn't like that Nazis were sharing his stuff and using it to share pro-Holocaust memes, but it seems like he's more just like financially disturbed by them. Yeah, and that they're, they're they tank his career, and then he has to like do something about it. Yeah, uh, 
which is really what gets into the thing that I, I think is is the most interesting about him. So at some point he goes into 8chan uh, and like does an AMA on 8chan. The one like lasting thing from which, let me see if I can find this real quick because this is another thing that like, I think is worth seeing. Uh, you know what I just realized while you're looking for that? There it is. Uh, local politics in D.C. have been falling a little bit, and I really do want to see Ben Garrison do a mock-up of our local Oops. political situation because our mayor is named Bowser. Mm. And I really right. actually do want to see a Ben Garrison cartoon of Mayor, mayor Bowser, Bowser as Bowser. Fucking uh, right. Princess Peach, who is... Uh, in this situation the deficit (laughs) (laughs) so this is a a, the thing that comes out of out of that whoa that is a drawing yeah that's this is oh do you want to say it yeah it's my fucking homie frederick brennan on fire on fire oh no Who's Frederick Brennan? He, uh, if you've seen the QAnon documentary series on on HBO, he's someone who uh, moderated. He created H. He founded H. Chan. He created it and created it. Got mixed up with the the Watkins family, who are actually Q, mm-hmm. and sort of like emerged from the documentary in real time as this person who you know came to reject all of that stuff and he's, he's pretty cool he's just a, on Twitter. Yeah. there's a great really tense section in the documentary where he's escaping from uh the philippines like the the documentary filmmaker like drops his impartiality to help frederick escape yeah uh being like li- living inside of the watkins compound right like he's yeah, essentially basically. like just their slave at that point yeah yeah uh, i'd but- say this doesn't total i mean did he do this intention i know there's a, okay so he, he uh did this publicly because this doesn't yeah. totally look like a regular ben garrison drawing uh he actually sold this as a mug and did a profit split with with uh fred frederick Brown. Wait, oh, really? <laughs> yeah That's funny. this this is them coming to a kind of peace okay him drawing him on fire <laughs> yeah it's um, just fred fred's head uh, and his wheelchair, in a flaming wheelchair. Yeah, his head is intact entirely, and he doesn't seem to be at all um, malcontent. Oh, he, yeah, he looks really cool with it. He yeah. seems very happy. Like most Ben Garrison cartoons, I do not totally get what he is trying to say from the flaming wheelchair, but I just am hungry for more. Yeah, there's Wait. a striking absence of captions on this one. What's the story with this one? How did this happen? Why did it happen? Uh, he did. He did an AMA on on Eight Chan. Garrison like, or Garrison? Or Garrison okay. did an AMA on Eight Chan, where he ended up talking to some of these people and like finding out that some of them genuinely and unironically liked him, which coincided with um, approximately in time coincided with the emergence of Donald Trump. On the political scene, this was happening in two thousand. This was all leading up to two thousand fifteen. Okay. Initially, he was a big uh, Rand Paul supporter because you know he'd been a huge Ron Paul supporter mm-hmm. uh, in both two thousand eight and two thousand twelve. And then Ron Paul or Rand Paul dropped out uh, because there were like twenty people running in two thousand sixteen. 
and Ben Garrison got on the Trump train and suddenly started to get a lot more traction with his work. Ah, Suddenly he was getting commissions from people like uh, Mike Cernovich or Stefan Molyneux or Miley Yiannopoulos. People like that were suddenly, uh, because he had become this right-wing meme, he started to be genuinely embraced by those people and went whole hog on Donald Trump. Okay, so that's how we sort of got to the current phase of Ben Garrison. He's making all his money off of the Trump stuff. Yeah, he has, like a lot of libertarians, kind of reached the end point where they re- realize the only way that they can protect their idea of freedom is to harass other people right. and try to make other people miserable. And to completely stop caring about like any of the good things about libertarianism with the foreign policy, which yeah, uh, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think Ben Garrison has written much or done any cartoons about Trump's terrible jingoism and, you know, military adventurism. Stopping the penny. When was the last time he's talked about the penny? <laughs> ben, yeah. Ben does present himself as being an anti-interventionist a lot. And one thing that like, I, I, yeah, no, it's really interesting to me the fact that like some people like I, I've talked to Trump supporters who consider him to be this like or to have been like this great peacetime president because of the fact that he started replacing our troops with private military contractors. Hey, that's it. Thank you, Mr. Trump, which I guess is the same sort of thing as how uh, privatizing the police to make them better. Right. The problem is not that we're sending people off to do these horrible things. It's that they're not private contractors. Yeah, they're not competing in the market. It's funny because they, they like to demonize like Rumsfeld and the Bush neocons mm-hmm. as being these you know terrible globalists or whatever. But that was literally Rumsfeld's like political agenda for his entire career was privatizing the U.S. military. Like mm-hmm. that's. That big speech that people talk about on the day before 9-11 where he's like, we got to cut the budget, the Pentagon budget, your ears perk up, but then you realize what he wants to do with that is just outsource it to Blackwater, which basically ended up happening. Yeah, his yeah. brains are completely just candy at this point. It's insane the leaps of logic they try to make to differentiate themselves from like regular Republicans who want to do pretty much the same shit. Make any fucking sense. Um Oh, um, but okay. so there, there, I, I just remembered the like big crux of this. The thing that I think is like that I mentioned to you in Florida and that I think is like most emblematic of the shift in Ben Garrison's work uh, at some point. So I'm sure everybody listening or every, is familiar to some degree with Pepe the Frog. Uh, if you're not somehow Pepe the Frog was a drawing of a frog that a cartoonist named Matt Fury drew. Uh, who is fond of peeing with his pants down. And that turned into a meme. And then that turned into a thing that Hillary Clinton identified as being like a symbol of the far right, (laughs) which led in turn to Matt Fury uh, disowning Pepe the Frog and killing him off in a comic strip. At which point Ben Garrison drew a picture of Pepe the Frog wearing a tuxedo I'm going to bring this up so you can see it because I don't remember the text on it. This is this is the single image that I think typifies the change of 
or that has happened to Ben Garrison in the past six years. Right here. We've got Pepe the Frog wearing a tuxedo, strolling happily, wearing a, a top hat that has a little 4chan clover on it, and Matt Fury is chasing after him, screaming, uh. but, but I killed you! And Pepe the Frog is glaring at him and saying, who the hell are you? Right. And he's on his money shit, though, in this one, because he's got a cane with a diamond on it, and he's a very wealthy frog. Oh, shit, he looks like the WB frog. <laughs> he's got a four-leaf clover at his top hat. This is Irish dog whistling. Pro <laughs> Irish? Not really sure. Not all Irish people are a rich frog. <laughs> it's a ruthless stereotype. Frogs were uh, French in... Uh, in mouse? Mouse, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the other day apparently the uh romani people were mouth were mods i forgot uh, about this cartoon yeah so so what do you think of mouse rory sorry to completely uh, go off on a tangent, I, but that- I read it when i was 12 and it really upset me and i have not read it since so that i read it a few years ago i thought it was sick it's pretty good but the so dope i wanted to remind myself what which animals were which Represented which ethnicities, uh, and it, there's a wiki fur page that delineates oh. all of them. Oh, which means that there are furries out there who are dressing up as mouse uh, characters and it. having sex. You want to do some really <laughs> dark <laughs> cosplay this year? Dragon Con, go to that website. Yeah, guy, the furry convention is like I'm a cat, but there's actually a whole <laughs> other meaning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's messed. Whoa. Art Spiegelman. Do you know oh. him at all? Yeah. He, he did Mouse. He's a, He seems pretty cool. I just typed in Mouse Furry, and I got this drawing someone on Reddit did about how they had a sexual awakening reading Mouse. <laughs> I don't think that's the intention, Lori. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean... It, whatever will be it's not will the be. focus of the book if, <laughs> if you're awakened one way or the other that's a positive in my book um yeah man cool oh my god this is so disturbing though yeah this this sucks <laughs> it, um, damn word. sexy holocaust question mark and then the mouse is going ooh Vladek Jesus Christ oh mm. uh, yeah I realized I was bisexual reading number of the stars <laughs> um, um, anyway sorry to so, totally throw us off track there yeah no, I just Spiegel, had to get that out Spiegel's because I've great. tried doing that on stage and people don't appreciate it so I had to say it on the podcast I appreciate it. Hypothetically, if we were rounding out here, well, where should we go next? Well, oh, okay. So at this point, and then I had one more yeah. question, and I think we'll be done. Yeah. Um, so the, the reason why I, I bring up this image that Ben Garrison drew of uh, Pepe rejecting Matt Fury is that this is kind of ultimately like the biggest emblem of ben, who Ben Garrison is. So Matt Fury was somebody who also, like Ben Garrison, had his work edited to uh, in a way that made it synonymous with online hate. Fury fought back a lot more harder than Garrison did and eventually decided to reject his work. And Garrison ultimately embraced the thing <laughs> that he that he was or the, the antagonism. And 
is celebrating somebody else losing control of their work the same way that he did. Oh, that is pretty mind-blowing. Oh, that's not as fucked up as a thing that I realized last night, which is um, Ben Garrison has been drawing pro-Q comics recently. Mm, Sure. So a, a big chunk of his book is just talking about, like, the evil lies of 4chan and how it's a place that propagates misinformation. He should know that shit that gets posted on that website is bullshit. And he has fallen into something else that is entirely bullshit propagated by that website. Right, because they did it to him. Also, he was friends with Frederick Brennan, but now is Q-pilled. Yeah. That's weird. That makes me... So how much of it is genuine? Because is it possible that maybe he got COVID uh, and is not taking ivermectin and beet juice and all this shit he says he's doing and he's actually vaccinated and, and knows knows his grift? Or is he completely just oatmeal brand? That is completely unknowable. That's something that yeah. I, I was also thinking about last night that I, I bothered by now. There's no answer to it. I could say right now on the podcast that I have COVID. I could tweet that out right now, say yeah. I have COVID. And then in like four days, say I, I've been drinking my own piss all week. My COVID went away. Right. You can't disprove that. You can't disprove that. You yeah. can't disprove that. Like at this point, anybody who like says publicly that they have COVID and that, that they take some sort of miracle cure and it goes away has as much chance of like, they got better incidentally, or maybe like, I'm sure there's somebody out there who has pretended to have COVID for some weird ideological reason. Yeah. We'll be selling Rory's piss as COVID <laughs> cure. On our I, I have so much of it. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, he's not saying drink your own piss. He's saying drink Rory's yeah, piss. Yeah, just mine. Yeah. Right. That wouldn't make any sense. Your own, everyone's piss is COVID cure? No. That's not what we're saying. Um, I want to ask, and it's not what we're selling. <laughs> it's Christmas, uh, just in time for the holidays. Cure the Omicron virus by um, okay. So, <laughs> rounding out here, though, I I guess what I wanted to ask you uh, to, to really kind of get like a like some kind of scope on wh- who this person is. Because, I mean, like, I was looking at his YouTube and I, mm. I, I was seeing these weird videos that his wife is taking of this kind of friendly looking old man living in Montana who has hobbies and stuff. And it was like, this guy, if you saw him in a grocery store, you would never suspect he has this dark 8chan secret life going on. And that's just like what's going on with so many people, so many old people. It's much weirder. But like people in general, you know, kind of have this split mind now and uh and I, to me, it seems like the the story here is like your grandpa doesn't quite know how volatile his weird little online hobby is because he doesn't mm. understand the internet that well or whatever. And this so clearly grew out of and was incentivized by, um, you know, the fact that he just started making money once the Trump thing took off or whatever. Mm. So what I'm curious about is his other art. Because, like, I've heard he's yeah. also just a painter. And, like, yeah. what does that tell us about him, you know? Have you seen his paintings? I think I remember seeing him at one point, and they were like... I, I, I'm throwing one in right now. Because... So this is this is his real passion. Yeah. Ben Garrison does uh, kitschy 
kind of low cubist paintings of cowboys. And when I say low cubist, I mean like, I mean, he's no Duchamp, he's no Picasso. Uh, the images are maybe a little bit too legible. It kind of looks like he drew a normal picture and then put cubes inside of it. Yeah, this is derivative for sure. But this is what he wants to do. Yeah, this could be in like, um, you know, your city's oh. little like welcome center kind of shit. This could be in in any hotel room in America. This could be in your uncle's rumpus room. <laughs> I think it should have to be in every hotel room in America like the Bible. I would probably buy a print of one of these, if not for the fact that I don't want to give Ben Garrison money. This is actually but, a really, I think, compelling image because it's done in this, as you said, cubist sort of form with, you know, it was like Picasso and shit where, where he's making paintings about war and just awful things. Yeah, it looks but like this is literally just a guy fishing. It's just a yeah. mundane Americana image. Yeah, there's no subtext. It's not subversive in any way. It's taking the form of a kind of avant-garde art form or what was at one point an avant-garde art form and making the most mundane uh, flea market artwork with it, which I, I think is like very charming in a really kitschy way. Yeah, I but, mean, it's not art with a capital A because it's not saying anything, but it's like exactly what you do if you're a kind of a normal person who takes like art classes and learns the technique. And then yeah. I actually really want to see the the inverse of this. I was thinking about this today. What if somebody did like Norman Rockwell style, like formal mm-hmm. style paintings, but about like the other side of the fifties, like civil rights demonstrations getting broken up and like McCarthyite raids happening and Rockwell did and shit. Rockwell did a couple paintings like that. Um, oh, really? Yeah, there's one Rockwell Southern Justice. This is a fucking terrifying painting. Um, get ready to okay. see Dark Norman Rockwell. Norman Dark uh, Web. Norman Dark Web. Norman Dark Web. God damn it. It's not going. There it is. Somehow I got the lowest resolution possible copy. Oh, of wow. It. This is actually yeah. really good. This is amazing. So it's uh, two. That's a white guy holding a black um, guy. That is a painting of a. Uh, so there's a dead guy on the ground. This is uh, two. I'm trying to remember the, the story exactly, but it was uh, like a couple of um, white civil rights activists, one of which has been killed by people in the area. And there's a black man with blood on him hugging uh, the remaining one. <laughs> and it's a this really is actually an early draft. Picture. Yeah. Because the white man is labeled the deficit <laughs> <laughs> later. Uh, and he's kind of saving America, who is the dead man. And yeah. this kind of reminds me of, speaking of the Holocaust, Schindler's List, where it's mm-hmm. black and white except for that one image of a girl in a red dress, there's a spot of blood on the guy kneeling's uh, shoulder. And oh, But other than that, it's black and white, the painting. Or, let's see, um, there's also the rock we all face, I believe is the name of it. The problem we, we all live with, which I am trying to send right now, this is, I think, a bit more legible as to what the intentions are. Hmm. 
was with us all along. I guess I shouldn't have assumed. Don't, don't read out loud the word in the background. <laughs> okay. What word is it? Pennies. It's a drawing or it's a painting of a young <laughs> African American girl being uh, escorted by U.S. Marshals to her first day of integrated school. This is a Rockwell. Yeah. I've seen this. I did not yeah. realize it was a Rockwell. Wow. This guy, okay. Behind her is one of the slurs people often say to Ben Garrison. Behind her is yeah. one of the slurs that Ben Garrison put in his book as a right. word not to say. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this. I feel like they dragged this out during like the Hillary Clinton campaign or something. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. That. Like this is burr. <laughs> ben Garrison <laughs> does a porch, <laughs> like changes it, except it's. <laughs> Hillary Clinton as a little girl. I wouldn't do that. I guess it would be oh, like man. Sarah Palin. Ben Garrison. I'm sure at some point he's done a Norman Rockwell homage, but I can't find it. That's but, interesting. So I um, Norman Rockwell is unfairly maligned as a sort of a, a revanchist uh, conservative aesthetician, but he's actually um, had a different. Yeah. I mean, mo- most of his stuff was like pretty glib, uh, but generally pretty funny like uh magazine illustrations but like he did have some substance to his work there were some problems with him that i don't remember off the top of my head though but like he was he was allegedly still like a kind of weird guy but not just wholly superficial but yeah um so that's the thing that also uh became very clear reading Garrison's book is that like he's really ultimately a thwarted painter he's somebody who like throughout his description of his early career every newspaper he worked at he talks constantly about how somebody else was on the staff there who was a way better illustrator than him or way better at something than he was had a clearer message a clearer more concise message he really just wants to paint these cowboys playing poker in a vaguely cubist way. <laughs> Interesting. And right. every, everything else has just kind of come out of that. Not being able to do the basic thing that he wants to do. Yeah, all You've only stuff- succeeded in making me like Ben Garrison more <laughs> in the last hour, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. That's a nice way we can end oh, it. Uh, God. Let's go, let's go back around. How do you feel about Ben Garrison now that you've learned all where his monsters come from like the fact he just wants to do like uh cubist cowboys for hotels but instead is like pressed into the culture war for cash right yeah all this shit should not be happening perfect illustration of like what would like hey illustration oh hey illustration <laughs> he, like he in a better world he would just be making his little paintings and none of this crazy socially ill shit would be happening. That is right. right. It's like a way less damaging version of George Bush. Yeah, that's yeah. The, so that's I, I'm not sure if I like him or not, because, well, yeah, I obviously don't like him. But I honestly because everything adds up on paper that he would be doing this as pure out of purely cynical reasons. I just don't know if a boomer in his 60s is capable of using the internet for that you know like i feel like he would have to be really committed to the grift because he makes Mm -hmm. his youtube videos where he's saying the same stuff and i'm not sure 
He's got Didn't NFTs you see that video? which are selling terribly. The most one of them has gone for is three hundred dollars. <laughs> is that low? Yeah, high? Uh, that's that's low. I mean, that's what most people making NFTs make at most is like three hundred bucks. Most of the big transactions are money laundering. Oh, oh. that makes sense. Uh, he's not doing great. He's got tried to get in on the NFT train, and it's not really working out for him. Is it ones of the Donald, to- right? Yeah. They're just bought pictures of buff Trump, right? Yeah, he's doing the same sort of thing as like the uh, um, the bored apes, or I think there's also the fat apes now, or the evolved apes. Really, NFTs are mostly drawings of apes that look unhappy. Uh, but he has entered into that fray with pictures of Donald Trump in front of various backgrounds, giving a thumbs up, and sometimes he has sunglasses. That's right. about where you've capped out on um, aesthetic uh, accessories for Donald Trump. It's just sometimes he has sunglasses on. Take my money. Well, if he was really going to do the NFT thing, it should be like Donald Trump. And then in one of them, he has like face tattoos. And then in the next one, he's wearing a scuba snorkel mask. And he's smoking one. a joint and eating a hamburger at the same time. Yeah. He's got a little fez on. He's uh, a biker now. Eventually, he'll master the form the same way he mastered cubism. Like he'll figure yeah. out the style, and then he'll start making them. And they won't be. Yeah, as as dialecticians, it's easy for us to see that the clear synthesis here is Trump, but taken to the commercially popular art style of the minions. <laughs> give him all of the different minions looks, oh. and then you make all that minions money. I could Photoshop him onto a minion real quick. <laughs> Rory's, I'll, I'll do that. Rory's eyes getting big dollar signs on it quietly in the zoom. Oh, you're gonna make so many bitcoins. Um, you're gonna destroy the rainforest, bro. You're gonna make real sad apes. We should probably wind down here in a second. Is there any other big Ben Garrison news that we need to know about, or we have we thoroughly explored the haunted house that is his brain? One of the things that there, he spends a lot of time on in the book is talking about a troll that he has whose name is uh, Buttnut. i can't find much uh of a record of buttnut being a real person (laughs) but ben garrison um this is a direct quote wants you to do a google search on buttnut troll (laughs) okay i'm sure that'll get exactly what he's aiming for Um, funny one thing boobs (laughs) wanted maybe that's him because he does fake accounts sometimes uh, but one funny thing I learned is apparently he's like sort of a friend, a colleague. He considers himself of Milo Yiannopoulos mm-hmm. and a couple other trolls. But he uh, doesn't like that Milo talks too much about being gay. Yes. That annoys him. The flaming right. stuff, he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what the wheelchair was about. Oh, also a recurring theme in his book, which I think is also like very important to the larger conversation about libertarianism and libertarian values. The thing that inspired him to get back into politics more than anything else was he got a traffic ticket. (laughs) He keeps mentioning throughout the book, like the U S government can steal money from you for driving a car. He's very concerned as with a surprisingly large number of libertarians. He is someone who is disproportionately concerned with, uh, not wanting to get traffic tickets. 
That's funny because, you know, I feel like this happens to everybody. Once you get a traffic ticket, there's an at least a two-minute – I mean, I remember once when I was like 18, I got a, a ticket for parking too close to the curb. Mm. And I got was furious for like two minutes. And it's like, that shouldn't be a rule. I'm going to call my city council person. And then I just thought about it for another three minutes. It was like, actually, that does make sense. And I should pay this. But yeah. for a libertarian, I guess that what makes somebody a libertarian is that initial two minute spurt doesn't turn off. There's, yeah, a, there's a lot of libertarians that are like pocket constitution guys who will yeah. tell you, oh, if you ever get pulled over by a cop, pull, reach in your pocket, maybe reach in the glove box, reach into a dark part of your car and pull <laughs> out this constitution. And then you can tell the cop that in the constitution, it says yada, yada, and you'll get off. And it's like what they're not getting at is that like they're white and, and no one else can let me quickly reach for this pocket constitution you know what i mean yeah yeah possibly do that yeah and if you're a libertarian the constitution is on your gun you have it like printed onto a, a gun that you carry around as well pointed at the cop and you're like yeah. read the front of the <laughs> on there yeah um but yeah that's also like a big element of uh sovereign citizens uh, as a group they believe that the u.s constitution uh is ultimately about protecting their right to travel between states as a independent motor vehicle which they are uh and th that it becomes like the totality of the worldview the same way that like i guess the the time cube guy like got into time cube because i think he realized like it's tomorrow in japan and that was too much for him to deal with so he had to like make up this entire <laughs> heuristic to explain this one thing that there are different time zones where instead every, the time is a cube so instead of like just thinking like maybe road rules exist for a reason, you have to come up with this entire totalizing idea of what tyranny is based around the fact that somebody told you to slow down once. Picture you just <laughs> shared of Hitler on a laptop with the swastika coming out of his mouth. That's from the book? Yes. It says many young people seem to think Hitler is, in quotes, cool, and they <laughs> help spread the hateful Nazi nonsense throughout the internet. And then yeah. like... This is a good example of him, I guess, thinking that he's uh, telling, warning us of the online Nazis that he's been subjected to. But he just put a swastika in his book. What's well, funny, words, I, and I wonder how consistent he is with this, because a lot of conservatives will make the you know the Dinesh D'Souza argument that Hitler was a leftist and Nazis are actually socialists. So maybe he sees us as somehow equivalent to them. He doesn't touch on that in the book, but I'm almost certain that he believes that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I think. Yeah, there's delightful pictures throughout the book about explaining how trolls work and the awfuls of uh, people on the internet, including this uh, infographic about how you got a fire guy who's drinking gasoline, and the fire guy is labeled hate, and the gasoline is labeled online anonymity. <laughs> Oh, so true. <laughs> we need to stop filling our cars with online anonymity. <laughs> but, <laughs> but remember, uh, there's this last one. Here's a drawing that he did of a purple cartoon devil breathing out the word hate into a laptop that says kill, kill, cyberbullying, racism. Because Ben Garrison wants you to know you can stop help stop trolling on social media by hitting the report button. Oh, it looks like Murray. It looks like my cat. <laughs> <laughs>
That's landing a cute close guy. to home. Oh, what's he up to online? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got to report Murray. Oh, no. Oh, man. All right. Well, I do have to report Murray, so I'm probably going to get out of here. Um, yo, but if you are a fan of our show and you like cool t-shirts and art and cool stuff like that, you should totally sign up for Rory's Patreon. I can't recommend it enough. I'm a patron. I get t-shirts off of it that say cool, weird shit and have pictures of scary raccoons and stuff on them and uh, stickers and zines and all sorts of shit. You got anything else to plug? I mean, you just did my big plug for me. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my name's Rory Blank. I have a Patreon. I send out zines every month that have art or short story comics in them. Uh a couple months ago, I did a body horror comic entirely in the form of a new tech company art, uh, this art style called Corporate Memphis, which you've probably seen, which is where like everybody has big, blocky, blobby bodies. There are almost no hard lines. Um, you get big motivational text words everywhere. And I drew a comic that uh, looks like that, but is scary maybe i don't know so uh you, if you want oh if you want to check that stuff out that's at patreon.com slash rory blank i'm on instagram at rory blank i'm on twitter at bone jail because somebody else had the name rory blank at some point in time and then it got banned so i cannot have my own name that'll happen um ben garrison took it but, Your name is an NFT now. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, watched a movie called Copland the other day. That was an interesting film. Still on? Kind of yeah. Movie of the week. Yeah, Copland. check out Copland. It's kind of jarring. It's a movie about a, a New Jersey suburb full of New York cops where there's one sheriff who is just a incompetent, bullied Sylvester Stallone who can't corral the cops that run the town that he lives in awesome all right anybody it's, else plug yes uh at anders lee here on twitter dursley one instagram and we're speaking about the need to support artists so they do not turn into authoritarian uh strongmen and uh one way you can do that on sort of a serious note there is a playwright who and i don't say this about many uh playwrights or theater people but uh Truly an amazing writer, Dominic Orlando, who is based in Minneapolis, who passed away recently. And there's a memorial fund to support other, uh, to support younger playwrights and to give them, you know, uh, the ability to, to produce their work, which I think is really important, you know, somewhat for the reason we just mentioned. Uh, but you can do that at the Dominic Orlando fund at pwcenter.org, Playwright Center. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Right. And as long as we're doing mutual aid, there is a carpenter in Bethlehem uh, by the name of Joseph, whose son was recently crucified by the Romans. So uh, we're all getting together, everyone, uh, next Saturday, and we're just going to celebrate his life and we're going to give each other gifts and take a tree outside, bring it inside. Uh, That's kind of what we do to show our support. And whatever you can do uh, helps. So we're calling it Christmas, and it's Christmas with a C. And that is 
That's all for me this week. Okay, X Moss, and it's an anarchist thing. Yeah, meet up in uh, JC Square, which is where uh, the, um, this guy was murdered by the Romans unfairly. We're going to have a vigil. Um, right, the square is fucked up. Yeah, it's an autonomous <laughs> zone right now. They really had it out with him <laughs> for like 20 hours. He fell three times. Three times. There's a mural of it. Thrice. Yeah. That's what they call it. They call it thrice. Thrice. Yeah, uh, where you yell whose streets are streets at a bunch of uh, centurions. A bunch of, uh oh. Um, speaking of, uh, yeah, donating, <laughs> <laughs> donating to artists um, so they don't turn into Nazis. Our Patreon is the way you can support us. <laughs> uh, we've been. We will into, turn to the right. We will. We will cash in. Really interesting I'm doing it right now. alternative points of view on various forums that we're members of. But you know what? Maybe if we have a show to do, we won't. You know, maybe we won't. I don't know. Is this a threat? I couldn't say. Could I? Couldn't say. I don't know. Too abstract. Um, I have a show. I'm starting in January if Omicron doesn't end comedy. I have a couple of sets. Uh, I'll be in my pinned tweet. Maybe the rest of the year might cancel them. But I'm starting a show in brooklyn at the gutter on january 18th at nine o'clock it's for my birthday i'm gonna have a bunch of friends do stand up alex is one of them and uh we're gonna hang out and maybe bowl if omicron doesn't kill us all and also if the universe is still intact in uh what four or five months something like that i'm going on tour with the band eve six who you might remember from being on this podcast max collins uh, and we are the union, really cool ska band. Uh, so we're coming to everywhere. I haven't announced the dates yet, but it's a nationwide tour. So we're likely coming to where you live. Um, if God does not hate us and take the money out of my mouth and turn me into a filthy libertarian uh, alt-right anti-vaxxer who's anti-woke and anti-everything uh, and a leprechaun. If that doesn't happen, I, all these dates will happen. Okay, uh, I think that's it. It's finished. Portuguese means bring it.